everyone and welcome to episode 35 of the Microsoft Spotlight podcast. We're joined by Andrew Moran and John, as always, will be joining us a little bit later. And Jess, so I will let you do introductions. Um, but yeah, I'll pass it over, Jess, if you'd like to do a little bit of an introduction of yourself and what you currently do. Sure, thank you. Thanks firstly for having me. Uh, as you said, my name's Jess Pumphrey. My pronouns are she and her. Um, and I am a data platform architect. I'm based in Southampton in the UK, uh, but I've got a bit of a weird accent because I lived in Ohio for 15 years, uh, and now I've got just a unique middle of the Atlantic accent. So, but I am English uh, and back living in England now. Um, I work for Data Masterminds, a small consultant firm, uh, and I've been there since last November. Uh, but I've been a database administrator and in this kind of industry for just over 10 years now. So. Amazing. And you've got an important thing as well, you're a Microsoft MVP. Oh, I did forget that. Sorry, Microsoft MVP. Uh, I think this is two years now uh, in the cloud and data center uh, area. So, Wow, amazing. Yeah, thank you for that intro. I guess the first question from me um, is how did you how did you get into IT? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> so I've always <laughs> I've always been interested in IT and computers. Both my parents worked in IT, so I've always been kind of brought up around having a computer and, and fiddling around with it. Um, I actually I moved to America in 2005 to play football. I went over there on a soccer scholarship uh, and I was convinced that that was going to be my career. Like I was obviously going to make it as a uh, pro women's footballer when there was almost no pro women's football. So that was probably not going to happen. Uh, and when I got there, they were like, oh, you've got to study something too. Like, what are you going to study? So I picked, I think I picked uh, biology to start with. And then after a couple of semesters, I was like, I'm, I'm never going to do something with this. Uh, so I moved and changed my major to business and ended up doing like a business management information systems kind of course. Uh, so it was business school, but heavily IT related. Uh, and, and I just enjoyed it a lot. I enjoyed the database classes. I enjoyed some of the programming uh, classes. And after that, I I got a job as a DBA kind of accidentally. I was I was still in America at the time and I needed to find a job or come back to England basically for, for my visa. And I was about a week away of just from just packing my things and having to move back. And this company offered me this job. And I was like, yeah, I, I don't really know what a DBA is, but sure, I'll, I'll come and learn and whatever. And it just ended up being so much fun, uh, just all of the problem solving and and there was some PowerShell in there. It just ended up being a good kind of move. So, I mean, it's kind of good that I ended up in IT. I think I was kind of always destined to work something in IT, but um, the database part wasn't necessarily planned, but it worked out pretty good. Fair enough, so that's very much a, a different career path that we've heard. I mean, we spoke to Ellie King, she was um, she was an IT recruitment. She was a former um, scholar at Arsenal to start off with okay, before actually nice. going, to, going to recruitment. So, you know, obviously, as you, as you say, um, women's pro football, as it is now, wasn't what it was five, ten years ago. You know, it's completely different now. In fact, in Sky Sports News, um, you know, proper live channels, you know, when I go and watch um, England women when they play locally near me and also Aston Villa ladies as well. Yeah, so nice. Quite a, quite a bit. Um, and obviously, I'm, I'm involved in uh, grassroots football. I, I work in a, a boys' team. So for okay, me, awesome. I, I see it on a quite a regular basis. But yeah, I mean, 
You said a very much magical word for me there, PowerShell. I mean, as a person, I, I, I love PowerShell. I mean, it's, it's a great skill for anyone to have from you know, just basic administration. What was your first um, thoughts of using PowerShell? Because I know what mine was. It's like quite, quite a scary thing to do. And when yeah. you start doing it, it's like how easy, how easy this is and how much it makes life so much simpler. Yeah, it totally does make life so much, so much easier, right? And I think a lot of us kind of joke about being lazy and not wanting to be the, do the same thing over and over again, right? And in kind of a uh, DBA role, in the role I was in before, we had a lot of servers and a lot of uh, SQL agent jobs and and logins and databases all over the all over the place, right? And so to come in in the morning and check that all the backups are good, all the jobs ran, was very manual, right? So that was kind of my first for like uh, entry into PowerShell was how we could automate checking some of those things uh, and not long after that I found DBA tools uh, which is a community open source module that has just I forget how many contributors now but there are like hundreds of people who've contributed code that do different things with PowerShell around kind of database administration uh, and it makes some of those things even easier and I think the one of the real benefits of it is it makes learning it easier because people have written a ton of content about it and a lot of the kind of programmy part of PowerShell is encapsulated in these commands that do kind of what you need. So there's like one way you can go get your last backups real easy. Like the command is named like get DBA last backup or something. And you can just go check when the last backups were. Um, so I think, yeah, PowerShell is, I mean, it's, it's so powerful, right? I mean, it gives us so many opportunities both in the database world and in like the sysadmin side of things too, just, yeah, it's so great. I love PowerShell a lot. I mean, I wish I started learning it sooner. I mean, I, I got into it and I started becoming a Skype business consultant and I was basically um, doing work with particular customers. It's like, you know, just, I, I knew a Skype uh, business MVP over in the States and he wrote a script that basically made my life easier installing the servers. So then yeah. I, I then started looking at, well, what can I do to obviously add to his script and you know, make improvements in my own like, personal development? And that's when yeah. I started making my own PowerShell scripts. And I mean, I made one around um, SQL always on, converting all okay. the databases um, to the correct format for Skype for Business. And that, that was like my very first steps into like really, you know, proper like, in-depth PowerShell script that did all the um, the bells and whistles behind the scenes. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, I think as soon as you start using it and you can see how much easier you can make it, and it's not really like that hard to learn and to move around in, right? It's I think people quickly get kind of all in. It's completely, it's completely over my head, to be honest. <laughs> I mean, I would love to learn. It sounds really interesting when you're talking about it, but um, yeah, maybe I should start now. Maybe that's maybe this is this is the revelation that um, this is my sign, basically. So, from a DB analyst, now a platform architect, just sort of tell everyone your experience from going to that and how you've ended up as, as an architect in this role yeah so uh most of it is kind of based on the community work i do so the the company i work for uh there's i think seven of us now so it's pretty small and i know them all from just working in the community writing blog posts going to conferences and stuff um so they approached me earlier last year and basically were interested wanted to know if I was interested in joining their team and, and, and kind of what they do and what they're about. Um, and I mean, it, it's such a great job, but like most days I can't believe that I'm actually, this is work now, you know, because I work from home. So it's the, 
the hours are flexible and we have all kinds of different clients with different projects um, to work on. So it's just really, it's really fun. Um, but I just mostly with PowerShell and some DBA topics, I just started blogging and uh, contributing to DBA tools. So writing some PowerShell for that. I started speaking about that at different kind of user groups and stuff. And then at some conferences and just kind of got my name out in the community and met all these people. And I think a lot of it in the community is people are helping each other, right? To find the next kind of career step or improve whatever, right? In your skills and, and who you know and stuff. So it just kind of worked out like that. Yeah. And was there anything or sort of anyone that helped you get into the community? What, you know, what sort of advice would you give to people that are wanting to get into the community more and wanting to, you know, public speak at these conferences? Yeah. So I've probably got a couple of people and I probably, there's, there's tons of people who have helped me along the way, yeah. but the first uh, user group that I went to in, in Cleveland, Ohio, when I was there, um, there's a guy called Alan White, who is a, he's an MVP and he has been for a really long time in the SQL Server community. Uh, and he would always introduce that user group and basically say like, you, you all feel like you've got nothing that you could teach because you don't want to speak here necessarily, but like every single person has something that they can teach other people. And like he was saying, like, I've been in the IT industry for however many years, like you speaking on a topic, I'm going to learn something because you're going to do things differently than how I've done them. And like, he, he said that every time, like, you've all got something to teach, like you could all do a speech up here. Um, and after a while, I, I started talking to him, to him about like what I wanted to present and maybe doing a lightning talk and stuff. And just that kind of encouragement to, to speak about a topic at a user group. I think once you talk about it, you know about it, you know it so more, much more in depth anyway, right? Because you do a lot of research to be able to feel confident doing it. Mm -hmm. uh, and so, yeah, he really got me into the speaking side of things. Um, and there's a ton of other people involved in that user group who are also uh, instrumental in getting my first presentation to any kind of decent standard. Um, but yeah. on the other side, uh, Chrissy Lemaire, who's the uh, kind of founder and creator of DBA Tools, uh, she really helped me get into contributing code and PowerShell uh, into that module. Uh, I had no idea what Git and GitHub and all that open source stuff was. I just knew that I had written some PowerShell that I wanted to contribute to her module. And she really helped me get started, get everything set up. She basically like held my hand through the whole process of forking and cloning and pushing my changes into this repo. Uh, and just her like welcoming me into that group and helping me get started was just massive for me because contributing code to DBA tools is probably what got my confidence going a bit to be able to even contribute more in other ways, you know? Yeah. So I would say those two people are, are pretty high on my list. But. I think it's a good way of looking at it if you do want to public speak in a sense that, especially a technical talk, you know, if it's your first one, then you, you, you've, you've kind of got to do it. So, you know, you go away, you do that research, you put a presentation together, you then present to, you know, as a practice. And by that point, you know, pretty much everyone would be ready, in, in my opinion. Yeah. If it's something that they're passionate about and, and what they enjoy. Yeah, I think I, I, I still get nervous now when I give presentations and, and people say, like, it's good if you're nervous, right? Because it means you care about it. If you if yeah. you weren't nervous, you wouldn't put as much effort into it and you don't care about it as much. Uh, but, yeah, I, I think that first presentation is always going to be kind of daunting, right? Because, I, I mean, I remember giving like talks in school right when you've done some kind of project like that was always the worst part for me I'm happy to do the project on my own but I don't want to tell other people about it you know so yeah I think that first 
that first one's always going to be rough, but the community is so welcoming, both on the SQL Server side and on the PowerShell side. I've had so many people offer constructive feedback and help and and just offer whatever they can, right, to get you ready and, and prepared for it. It's awesome. Yeah. Hi, John. Welcome. Hey, how's it going? You're right. Yeah, good. Thanks. See you. Yeah, not bad. Sorry about being a bit late. <laughs> uh, no problem. Don't worry at all. We know you've got stuff on. Um, yeah. I was I just going guess... to pick up on what Jess said there, like about the first yeah. presentation. I've done my first, um, my first like presentate like proper presentation. I think at the beginning of May. And yeah, it was good fun. Like good fun. I got um, Scottish Open next month. Um, yeah, next month now, isn't it? Yeah, just less than a month. But that was quite fun because um, the, the gap. The, the duration and time between the two were a lot different. I used to do the one in Scottish Summit, I think it's only 25 minutes. And the one I used to do the other day was like 45. I, did, I, was, I was scrambling for 20 minutes worth of content. See, <laughs> like sometimes, sometimes I think the shorter ones are harder though, because you have to be really planned about what you want to say, right? To get it all in in 20 minutes. Whereas if you've got an hour, you've got a bit more wiggle room. Yeah. Like if you keep an eye on the clock, you can kind of know whether you're on time or not. But yeah, yeah. I'm going to struggle yeah, with that. I have to do a public speaking session of 75 minutes the once uh, oh. engage. And that was hard work because obviously you know, I was talking about um, Office Pro Plus. And at the time, obviously, now it's Microsoft Apps for Enterprise. But at the time, it was like, you know, no one knew what it was, how it actually worked. So I managed to like go through every single thing about it and just kind of like drag it out as much as possible. But, you know, go, is it is a demo? This is how you configure the script for it, XML file, and just basically drag it out as much as possible because you know, 75 minutes was, was a long time. I may like watching the clock going, is it over yet? I'll go back to the conference and have a beer. I got it to like. <laughs> I got it to 37 minutes when I was looking at the clock. 37 minutes I got it to, but then like no, like there weren't any like barely any questions. So I was like, yeah. now I'm gonna like I'm gonna have trouble though now that Scottish something because I've got to take that down to like 20 minutes again. Yeah, I think got a bit <laughs> of room for questions. What's the topic? Yeah. Um, multi uh, M365 multi geo. So okay. yeah, I I nice. really dragged everything out, put lots of compliance stuff into it and everything. <laughs> I think we are. Yeah, Jess, do, you remember, are... do you remember the title of your first uh, presentation? Yeah, it was on uh, SQL Server data compression. So, like, uh, whether you want to use no compression, row compression, page compression, and how, how you can automate that with DBA tools. Awesome, yeah. So, I remember my, I mean, my, I mean, my first presentation now was what, 2013? There's quite some time ago, actually. Yeah, uh, was what was doing, your topic? Um, watching your Skype for Business environment. So, I was basically using watcher nodes to. Um, Basically, okay. checking the service is still active. So it's something I, I, I remember quite well because of my Twitter handles that watch a node. So ha, yeah, that, that's why I remember the title of my first topic. Yeah, I think that's the only presentation I've done that is like more SQL Server heavy than PowerShell heavy. I think since then I've done more PowerShell with some SQL Server thrown in presentations rather than like this one had some SQL Server internals and some like very DBA kind of focus. Uh, and then I kind of drifted into more PowerShell stuff. So, yeah. So, the Lego in the background. What? The Lego on the top. What is it? Yeah. That's friends. It's, uh, That's friends, that is. It's friends, isn't yeah, it? Yeah. It is, yeah. yeah it's I, uh, Lego friends. Yeah, it's the boys and girls' apartments. Like yeah. the set the set of them. Yeah. So oh. I, I know this because basically it's in my, uh, my daughter's room. So she got the Zacker Sam Lego set. So I, I clocked it straight away. I, went, I know what that is. 
But yeah, he has like, yeah, it's got a purple, it's got a purple um, wallpaper. Then there's the boat on the left one, isn't it? Yeah, the canoe. Yeah, and yeah. the duck and the chicken are in there too. Yeah. <laughs> Ross is and in there with his leather, well, leather trousers. Oh, really? Nice. Yeah, I've, I think I actually still have two more bags to go because there was like 15 bags to build that whole thing. Uh, so I've just been doing it gradually. But yeah, the girls' apartment has two more bags to go, I think. But I actually. I got that as like a leaving present for my previous job back in November. And I just didn't have time to like sit down and work on it. And then I got COVID. So I was in isolation. My wife locked me in the, in the, this room and the room next door. So I was like, oh, I'm going to build my Lego then. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. The perfect time. Yeah. yeah. So cool. Um, obviously, cause you've moved from the States over to, oh, back home to the UK. Cause obviously you originally are from the UK. What's the kind of difference you've seen from like a working environment? Because obviously it is, you know, two different things really. Yeah, it's it's interesting. So I, I first moved back to a financial services company here. So it was still quite structured and quite kind of a lot of uh, regulations and things to kind of uh, follow, right, rules wise. But I will say the kind of work-life balance here is totally different from in the US. And uh, the like the contracts. So like my contract in the US was based on a 40 hour week. But if you did 40 hours, it was kind of like, oh, you're only doing 40 hours, right? There's a very much kind of a, a perspective that more work is better there. Um, whereas in the UK, I found that it's almost the opposite. Like obviously there's work to get done. Um, but my contract at that financial services company was only 35 hours a week right off the bat. So just that and the additional uh, holiday or vacation time the the holiday time was one of the reasons that I was kind of keen to move back because in the US I only got three weeks a year and that was after I'd negotiated for an extra week whereas here I started on like five weeks and so with my wife is from America and my family's all here so by the time we spend one trip a year trying to catch up with family like all the holiday time is gone basically right yeah. so having more of that um it's super nice just to be able to travel and and do some more things but that really surprises me because i was just under the the assumption that we we were the worst off <laughs> but maybe that's because i've been in england all my life yeah no the us are definitely known for having less kind of vacation yeah. and holiday time and, and and working more yeah and italy is supposed to be really good isn't it yeah they're probably the opposite end of the spectrum aren't they yeah italy like have a bank holiday or something like that nearly every every week or something like that wow yeah and a siesta every two hours is that, is that, is that, is that in italy or is that spain spain yeah, <laughs> that yeah. <laughs> um, well i guess i'm really intrigued to know more about your current role and so you know day 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 to day what is it that you actually do yeah i i don't know it it changes every day i feel like which is one of the reasons i really like it um but we've got a, a kind of wide range of clients who will all have different things going on, right? Different projects or different uh, things that they need help with. So depending on the day, I could be working on some kind of SQL Server performance tuning stuff uh, or automating some processes. We have some, uh, some, th some clients that just want help automating things within their estate. So either uh, writing like a morning check uh, report that will automatically check kind of backups, uh, SQL agent jobs, error logs, any any other kind of client specific checks and send out an email every morning with kind of a 
this is how we're looking. Um, some of the some of the other projects have been around developing kind of processes for for things they need. So I've had one client where I've been helping to clear up a bunch of data that they have with all these complicated foreign key uh, relationships and stuff. So just kind of that that was all about understanding what needed to be deleted first, right? To be able to to be able to do that effectively, and then kind of wrote writing a process that would run in the background and not disrupt business too much. Um, but yeah, it's it's very varied, which is fun. And then we also do some kind of training stuff. So if clients want to learn about specific things that that we talk about, like DBA tools or or SQL Server topics, we also do some of that. Yeah. But yeah, it's fun. And so for me, look as well, the fact obviously you're at an architect level. I mean, you don't actually see many women in tech at an architect level within our within businesses. And I know from my perspective and John's um, within our actual teams, we don't actually have any female architects. And it's something that we're trying to together in our own companies trying to address the balance. But obviously, it's quite difficult attracting you know, more women f um, from a consultancy up to the level of architect. Mm, yeah. Sometimes, I mean, I mean, obviously, pre-COVID, there was a lot of travel involved, and obviously, mm -hmm. people's work lives and schedules just didn't really work. And you know. It'd be nice to see more women in, in, in more higher positions within IT organisations. Yeah, agreed. And I, th I think that's got to come from having more more women in IT in general to start with, right? And then kind of a, the, more people at all levels, right? So yeah, and I think yeah. once you start having more people, you know, um, diversity within your team, it attracts more diversity as well. Yeah, for sure. And, that, and yeah. that's the, that's the key thing. As soon as you basically, you know the nut on getting more diverse people into your team it's easy then to basically and build a team with more diversity in it yeah agreed it's a it's definitely a difficult problem right uh I, one of the things i always think about when i'm submitting to conferences and stuff is i don't i don't want my sessions to necessarily get picked just because i'm checking a checkbox right like in, in yeah. increasing the number of women speakers at an event i want i want them to get picked because they're good sessions or whatever right so it's the same with employment like you, you don't want to just go offer jobs to women just to have them in your team in in your role right because if they're if they're not comfortable in that position or they're not ready for that position it's not going to be a good fit and it's not going to work out right it's, yeah. it's definitely a difficult a difficult problem to solve but yeah i know you mentioned that you your mum was in it um would you say that that was you know, was she a role model for you? Because we do speak to a lot of women and they don't have really any role models. And I guess a big thing for me is raising that awareness and sharing the successes of other women within IT. Um, so would you say that that had a positive impact, impact on yourself in going into IT? Yeah, for sure. I think it was just not even really thought about that it yeah. was weird that my my mum was in IT, you know. I mean, uh, me and my brother, there's uh, just two of us. We just were brought up in that environment where m both our parents worked in IT and we talked about computers and stuff. Uh, and we had computers in the house to fiddle around with and do whatever we wanted with, you know? So yeah, it, I don't think it was really, I mean, I don't think it was really noticed that it was abnormal, you know, until you get out into the world and you're like, wow, there aren't really that many women out here. But yeah, she was a, a DBA and a programmer for a really long time. Oh, wow. Yeah. And what, what did your dad do? Uh, he worked in IT security. Nice. So, yeah, and he actually went around and did conference talks and stuff on IT security topics. So I've definitely followed in their footsteps on both sides. 
Oh, so you got to do some mix there, haven't you? <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> That's it. Um, and obviously you're an MVP, which is absolutely amazing. Did you say you've been an MVP for two two years, is it? Yeah, two years, yep. Okay, so, well, again, another one that I'm really interested in and, and a topic that, you know, speaking to other MVPs really interests me. How, how have you found it? Yeah, it's been great. To start with, it was a little intimidating, right? Because when you're a new MVP, a lot of them kind of already know each other. Like a lot of the uh, data platform and cloud uh, MVPs have been MVPs for ages and have been MVPs for a long time. Uh, and I think just to have really great relationships between those groups. But no, it's it's great. The people the people that you get to meet through kind of the MVP events and, and the different MVP office hours and stuff, it's just super cool. Uh, and I am jealous that the MVP summit was, it's only been virtual since I've been an MVP because I would love to go to Seattle and, and be a part of that kind of event. Um, I've said no, many times in this podcast how, how brilliant it was and yeah. I enjoyed my time out there or not. Yeah. MVP. So yeah, I've only heard great experience. things about it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I think that helps with the relationships too, right? Because I think that's one of the the biggest pluses of being an MVP is just having this ability to meet all these other people who are just kind of the top of their industries, right? And that it's not just the, the kind of MVP groups I mostly hang out in, it's all of the other MVP kind of, I don't know, tenants or whatever they're called. Um, it's just, it would be cool to meet more of those people and, and, and hang out more so. But yeah, it's been great. I've enjoyed it. Well, fingers crossed the next the next one will be yeah let's uh, hope yeah when, when is it meant to be is it it's usually springtime right or yeah or it'd it... be probably about 10 months time yeah i think it was like march wasn't it um this year so. yeah, yeah we just had the virtual one yeah yeah and how do you how do you manage your time to be able to give back to the community do your blogs also have your full-time job you've got a family how, how do you manage all of that yeah i don't know <laughs> I, just superwoman. That's it. Yeah, no, I'm I'm lucky that the job I have encourages uh the com the community aspect of it. Like, they want us to go out and speak, and they'll help us get to conferences to be able to speak. Um, and they encourage us to blog and tweet and and help out in the community because they know how great the community is around both SQL Server and PowerShell. That it's it's benefited everyone, right? It's if I can help someone out in the community with a problem that I've seen likely when I have a problem I can't fix, someone out there is going to have fixed it, right? And so us being kind of neatly tied into the community is is important in my full-time job. So it is nice that I have that kind of flexibility to work on some of those things, uh, like side by side, my my real work. Um, but yeah, I just, I, my time management is, is pretty poor. My wife does everything around the house and takes care of everything else. So I don't really worry about any of it, which is um, I am very privileged and very spoiled, and I will uh, I will uh, admit that to anyone that asks. Um, but yeah, I just just try and fit it in when I can. I I just kind of around the the real work, but I just oh, enjoy it so much. It's not really hard to want to spend time giving back to the community because I get such a good like feeling from from being a part of it. I'll say the community obviously is a can be. A a fantastic place but also can be a negative place as well i mean have you ever experienced any negative comments obviously you know you mentioned you have a wife and any kind of like other things about being a woman in tech you know i have mostly experienced positive uh comments from the community i think the worst thing that happens to me is i get misgendered sometimes and i think 
I, I try to always introduce myself with my pronouns. So it's not like a thing because people will immediately know. Um, but I don't think I've ever been on kind of in it received kind of intentional negative uh, comments and stuff. And if I have, I've missed them. So uh, yes, just ignore them. Just, uh, yeah, exactly. Uh, don't, don't blame you. So we've had quite a few guests on the past who obviously experienced you know, a lot of negative, uh, negative comments. Um, mm -hmm. I was just trying to see what, you know, what everyone's opinions are because, you know, the big social media platforms don't do enough to yep, you know, totally. tackle these situations. So I was just trying to understand if you've uh, you know, come across it yourself. No, I think I feel like I've been pretty lucky on that on that side of things so far, at least. Touch wood. Awesome. I think, so, I think the parts, sorry, Andrew, I think especially when we speak to other people on this podcast as well, support and having a support network is so, so important. And I think mm -hmm. everyone within the tech community really understands that. That's what I feel anyway. And that's, you know, myself, who's sort of, well, three years into the IT community now, so to speak, um, and everyone's so welcoming and everyone wants you to do well. And I feel like that's something that portrays throughout, throughout you know, all of it, really. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I feel like there's a lot of good kind of ally people within the community, right? Like people are looking out for each other and, and have each other's backs, which is kind of nice. Yeah. I also feel like, like times are kind of changing, right? And I think mm -hmm. it's becoming... Like there's obviously still so much work to do, but it's becoming more normal to see more diverse people just be themselves. And I think I've always tried to to tried to be myself on Twitter or in real life, uh, because I feel like that representation is so important. Because if other people, and it's like what you said, seeing my mum work in IT, right? If you see other people doing it, you know you can do it. So hopefully, the next generation will come up and they'll see people like them doing. IT jobs, doing data platform architect roles, whatever, and they'll be like, oh, well, she can do it, then I can probably do it too, you know? So I yeah. feel like that representation is so important, so. Yeah, and I think I think more organisations, I don't know if, you know, where you currently work, I think they are pushing to be more diverse and, you know, they have diverse teams now, and mm -hmm. I know we have sort of engagement teams that go out and do that and whatever else. Um, so I think that's really important as well. Yeah, agreed. Yep. Yeah, there's still definitely plenty of work to do, but I feel like we're all trying to kind of work hard to move forward in that area. So. Yeah. yeah. Um. Did you say that you have daughters? No, no, no. kids. No. Oh no. right. I, th I thought you said that you had so daughters or whatever else. Um. But I guess. So for the younger generation, what advice would you give if they wanted to get in to tech? I think just find things that you're passionate about and find things that interest you and start fiddling with them basically like i i think it's the same for kind of engineering and nit like if you find something that interests you and you can spend time working on it or learning how things work uh i think that's the best way to do it because if if it's forced and you're like trying to learn something that you don't really care about it's it's never easy to stay engaged right um and i think I've always been someone that wants to kind of fiddle with different things and, and take take things apart or like understand how code works. Uh, and if if I didn't, I think I would find it boring, right? And it would be hard to kind of stay stay motivated. So yeah, I think just finding something that interests you and and, and going for it really. Yeah. So the IT market now is very accessible to you know many people. Mm -hmm. Obviously, you can get obviously free licenses for like, trial tenants and stuff like that. Yeah. So, you know, it, 
enables people just to go out and try and do that studying um, because you know going to uh, official courses is quite expensive yeah um, all of the microsoft learn content too is really great for some of the I know, especially in the database realm, there's a bunch of certs and courses on Microsoft Learn that are that are really good. Exactly, and obviously, you know, Microsoft then obviously do their um, skills challenges. Uh, yeah. Might, obviously, mm -hmm. enable people to then obviously learn about a particular area, and then also get exam vouchers to go and do yeah. an exam. So yep. even at a very young age, I mean, you don't have to be, you know, leaving school or have left school to start these certifications and i know there's a isn't there, there's a young lad isn't that about like 11 who's basically doing like these microsoft uh, certifications i saw is, it, is that south coast summit with his dad oh, yeah he's, oh, a, really? he's, he's, he's speaking in a scottish summit i think as well yeah yeah so, so, so oh, wow. i saw that i mean i mean that, that just goes to show me why is accessible to anyone i mean if, if this little lad can go and start mm. doing master certifications then you know anyone can do it really yeah, I think that's another benefit of the cloud, isn't it, too? You don't need to have the most powerful personal laptop now. You could get a Chromebook and connect to the internet and you can start building things out there, too. I'm just going to get my six-year-old to start doing it and beat him so I can play younger. <laughs> the youngest MVP, you must yeah. be the youngest MVP. Not compare for all. I'm going to get Aaron on, on it. Get <laughs> is there an age limit for being an MVP? <laughs> I don't know, is there? I once Googled like the youngest. I think it was sort of fifteen or something. Oh, wow. Fifteen. It wasn't in. It wasn't in England, but yeah, I'm sure it was sort of around that age, fifteen, sixteen, or whatever. But I mean, if this guy at eleven is doing talks and whatever else, and he's getting his, I mean, hats off to him. Yeah. I want to go see that talk. I'll go <laughs> see him instead of you, John. <laughs> <laughs> it'd probably be more interesting to be fair <laughs> no you need the confidence i think that's the main thing in all of this isn't it you need to just get yourself out there and, be, and have confidence in yourself which sometimes is really difficult i think it'd be quite hard i think it'd be quite hard for him like i mean i'm i'm used to talking like i talk a lot and then i'm used to talking tech so like i, I do this in front of customers or used to do it in front of my customers like weekly so it's not really. Obviously, the younger you are, the less fear you actually have. You know, I agree. Yeah, yeah, true. Yeah. 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 If we started that... earlier, we'd be less worried about it, right? Yeah, <laughs> I'll, I'll, be, I'll be head of Microsoft right now. I started earlier. <laughs> I'm still really young, so. Just turn your video off then, John. Then we've got the <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, I mean, so. I mean, I, I love the IT market. I mean, it is, you know, a place where I've been there for, oh, God, nearly 20 years. And, you know, I started as an apprenticeship, um, just basically looking after, you know, what's it now? Windows NT, you know, private hospital. So, you know, I'm going back quite quite some years now, but it is, you know, a very much enjoyment place. Every, every day at my, my career role is completely different. Um, you know, whether I'm talking to customers or I'm helping develop stuff in-house, you know, I'm always learning something new and helping others as well. That's the main thing. You know, I like helping others because you know, I've you know, I've achieved my MVP status. I've been out to Microsoft and you know, seen that world. So it'd be nice to do it again in the future. But you know, I'd like to help others. You know, get to that point as well. Definitely. Cool. John, have you got your fairy questions that you want to ask? No, we leave it for today. Why? <laughs> no, I missed it at the beginning. I missed it. Oh. That's right. So, Jess, obviously we spoke about now your past, your present, 
what does the future hold? Do you have like a you know, five-year, seven-year plan that you want to basically achieve in the time? Retire. Yeah, retire. Uh, I don't know. I'm I'm very bad at planning. Uh, so I've got nothing specific, but I, I know I just want to keep contributing back to the community, uh, keep learning and, and working on cool things, you know. Um, I, lo I love solving problems and building things. So as long as the next five years kind of, includes those things uh, I'll be happy but yeah no no major in the in the distance goals for me at the moment do you think you'd like to um ever sort of go in because all I'm thinking is sort of the next step up you know you've reached such a high sort of level within IT anyway um and obviously the next step step up could be I don't know head of something or more more like people management and that sort of thing is does that interest you no, my goal will be to stay away from that for sure. Okay. I, I've always said I don't, like, I, I don't yeah. really, I, I love doing things, right? And I don't want to necessarily, at least maybe my mind will change in the future, but right now I couldn't imagine uh, a job where I'm not doing things, you yeah, know, yeah. where I, and it, I see that there are some benefits from being kind of a people leader, right? Because you can help, uh, kind of, Andrew, kind of what you said, like you can help the next kind of group of people to learn and grow and, and get their MVP perhaps and get out to Microsoft, whatever. Um, but I just enjoy the doing right now. Um, so no, no, no plans for that for yeah. sure. <laughs> Fine. Me, I, I, mean, I, I love doing tech. I mean, I don't do enough tech that I'd like to in my current role, but you know, I've kind of like learned to do other things as well that obviously, you know, drive me and make me more passionate. So obviously, you know, talking about diversity, policy inclusion, that's something that, you know, mm -hmm. I took on board and basically try and do it in my, my day role. Um, yeah. And it's actually like helping people learn as well. So, I mean, I'm, I run the Microsoft Learning Group for my team. So I'm helping all my colleagues basically get their certifications because I've, I've got that and done them because I've got no fears. I don't care if the exam's new or there's no content, but I'll just go and do the exam and see how I get on. Mm -hmm. um, I'm just basically encouraging my, my, my colleagues as well. So, yeah on that train of thought awesome well jess i must say uh thank you for joining us today um yeah of so course. it's always nice to you know have a chat with people um about obviously their careers and probably see you at the south coast summit i should be i expect yeah and also for you andrew it must be nice to be able to speak to someone whose name you can pronounce as well <laughs> i'll knock it wrong <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, John, I, I didn't actually do the intro, so it's all good this time around. Uh, yeah, I'll, you, yeah, you've been palming it off every time. <laughs> we need any guests we have. Uh, uh, I think I've done like the last ten since you got um, our, one of our um, guests' names completely wrong. Oh no! Yeah, was it? I called her like, Tracy, and her name's Trisha. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was a good one. Oh, dear. No, so I'll, I'll be at the um, South Coast Summit on the track lead for accessibility so I'll okay awesome, awesome. Yeah. i'm doing a workshop on a friday at south coast summit um to be on sale next week next month That'd be cool. perfect cool awesome right, okay. so uh, thank you very much for joining us today jess and uh, everyone else i'll see you next time on our next podcast yeah perfect yeah. lovely to meet you jess yeah you see too you guys thanks later. for having me bye-bye bye thank you for listening to the microsoft spotlight podcast Please make sure you hit that like, share and subscribe button to help us promote our message. You can also follow us on Twitter at MSFT Spotlight and we're also on LinkedIn, the Microsoft Spotlight Podcast. And finally, we'd like to tell you a little bit about Big Titan and thank them for sponsoring this podcast. Remote migrations start here.
let MigrationWiz do the work for you. It's fast, secure, and 100% SaaS, which means you can migrate at any time and from anywhere. Migrate mailboxes, documents, public folders, personal archives, or even Microsoft Teams with just a few clicks. No special training needed and no customer downtime. When the work matters, choose MigrationWiz.